Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Here we are in frigid, frosty North Carolina. Well, it actually wasn't really frosty, but it was it was cold. I'm freezing. Well, my hands have been cold all day. It's so cold. I made them put a blanket at the bottom of the door over there because it's been freezing. Well, we've had. A, and I feel bad even saying that. Well, yeah, because it's, it's all in the news about the people in the Midwest who are absolutely in glacial conditions. Well, and, I've got friends that it's hmm. got a friend who has a crack in her boiler, mm-hmm. and it's negative sixty degrees outside their house. It, it, wind chill, uh, wind chill, and yeah. I'm sorry, but I no. couldn't live there. <laughs> we, I am too yeah. big. I went for that. I mean, I really am. Yeah, it's been a really mild winter here. It it, it has. It's been it's been almost spring like for a lot of the, the winter so far. We had we had one little episode of snow, one little little Dust. dusting of and snow back that, after and Thanksgiving. That was before Thanksgiving, and I never remember happy, that happening when I was growing up. That's very unusual. We typically yeah. don't see anything like snow until so after, after Christmas. After yeah. Christmas, yeah. But this time of year is usually when we see snow. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been very warm since, and we just had this cold snap, and I guess that was an echo or something of the big cold wave that's hitting the rest of the country. But down here, you know, it was a shock to us. So, so it, do so you kind of remember when we spoke at that conference in Saskatchewan in February? Yes, we went all the way up to Saskatoon, and it was, I think the wind chill was negative 40 when we crossed into I think Manitoba. it was negative 40 degrees. Well, it was cold. Because I remember com- uh, thinking that it was the same temperature on both thermometers. It is cold. Negative 40 degrees. Yes. and. I would be useless. I mean, uh, it, when is that? I remember stopping to throw at a gas station and just stepping out of the van to throw away a cup. Mm-hmm. And it was so cold that my bones ached when I got back in. It was so cold, our breath was freezing on the inside of the windows. On the inside, you had to scrape the inside wow. of the window. Well, you know, I, I uh, think. Okay, so do you remember mm-hmm. the father we met that yes. drove a soft drink truck? He drove for a beverage distributor. And we asked and, him, yes. what was the deal with the outside vending machines? Did they use those in the winter? Do you remember what yes, he said? Yes, because it occurred to me. I, I asked, are those heated? And he said, yes, they are. Heated to get the soft drinks yes. ice cold. To heat, yes. to heat them yes. up to ice cold, y'all. Yes, if you like, wanted really. an, ice, an ice cold soft drink, it had to be heated up because the ambient temperature was well below freezing. Wow. And yeah, and and yeah, that was a that was a shock to the city. But you know, I think if you live in the environment, you make the adaptation and you do things differently. You learn to cope. Well, I yeah. Well, I just remember I remember our friends in Minnesota whose whose front door had like an airlock or something. You know, there yeah. was like a whole separate receiving room to give them a buffer between the the cold outside and their nice warm living room. So. Well, y'all I, I are hardy people because uh, this southerner mm-hmm. is quite happy to live in the south where we think that thirty something is freezing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. That's that's a truism. Well, look, we had a um, we had an interesting comment come across recently. Um, somebody said, "I see all the time. I see articles. People say five things I wish I had done differently, or three things that are major regrets to me in my yeah. life." And and she said. I'd like to see the other side. Is there anything that you've done that you that you look back now and say, "Wow, that w- that worked well." I'm so glad we made that decision. That was the right choice. 
can you do could you maybe talk about that and i, I thought hey that's, that's a, a good idea that's a great idea let's do some, let's do a positive thing let's talk about things we're glad we did uh, well, and that we do have regrets okay well, everybody, and there are things that we would do differently and there's things we've done differently with the younger children but yeah, but the decisions we made at that time with those kids and that cir those circumstances you know and, and i guess we we probably need to say just for a little bit of background we have eight kids we've homeschooled all of them four have graduated and gone on to do grown-up stuff but um we've homeschooled them from the beginning and um that's that's been kind of our experience you know that we've got how many years homeschooling have we had now 25 25 are we on year 25 here year 25 this <laughs> month right now <laughs> okay so yeah. we have some perspective on this well well i'll tell you what um what is the what is the first thing that you can think of well, before that we, we say that i want to say what works for us may not work for you well no everybody's because got, everybody's yeah. family is different that's one of the awesome things about homeschooling yeah that's one of the things that kind of worries me when i see everybody doing the same thing because every family is different all the children are different mm -hmm. and you need to do what works for your family that yeah. said, okay. I think one of the things I am most glad about, Hal, yeah. is that we decided to homeschool before we had kids. Because yes, we, did. we had a lot of time to think things through and to decide on an educational philosophy. Mm -hmm. And you know, by the time we actually started homeschooling, I felt pretty confident. Well, we talked it all through and we and, read the books and we, we kind of understood what was, what was going to be necessary. And yeah, I, I think that's a... I think that was a really good start for us, and I'm I'm glad that we did that. I and think so, also mm -hmm. it helped our kids because we didn't have to go through all that um, un uh, uncertainty and stewing yeah. and discussing it in front of them. Uh -huh. From the beginning, as soon as we started talking about school, mm -hmm. we told them we were going to teach them at home. You sure. know, that's what they had ex they expected. They, yep. they went through the preschool years expecting. Right. You know, to be taught at home. And I, I think that made things a little easier. Well, yeah, it, it did. And now, I know that there are listeners, probably most listeners out there are thinking, well, that sounds really good. But, you know, we've been homeschooling for five years now and we can't go back and start over. I mean, we're. But, yeah. But, you know, the thought that occurred to me on that was that the principle is not so much doing all of that homework before you begin ever homeschooling, but just looking ahead. To say, yeah. you know, I, I, we still look ahead. We still look at things to say, gosh, I've never done that stage of life. I wonder if I can find somebody to give me advice. Yeah, it, it, it's helpful to look mm -hmm. ahead, you know, to think about middle school before you get there, to think about high school before you get there. Yeah. So, uh, because you need time to get a counsel, you need time to read books, you need time to talk to people, right. and think it through before it slaps you in the face. Well, okay, now that I think. That is a good transition into something that I think is really important, and okay. I'm very glad. I'm very glad that from the very start, we got involved in a local support group. Yeah, I think getting connected with other homeschoolers is, is one of the things I'm really glad we did too. Mm -hmm. And you know, now you you can connect very easily online, and you ought to, sure. because sometimes you you need encouragement in the middle of the night or late at night or there's somebody that or you need people who are dealing with the same issues you're dealing with right and there might not be any, anybody locally that has you know the same kind of special needs in your family or whatever yeah but you need some face-to-face -face people too because mm -hmm. you know when somebody gives you advice online you can't see the family 
Well, I remember one group that we got involved with that was very had a very good idea about that. They they said, well, in order to in order to post things in the discussion group, um, you have to have at least had this many children. It was, it was a large family forum, and they didn't want people coming in saying, well, this is the way to do it. This is the managers. How many kids have you got? Well, I've got two kids, and they're both under three. Well, you know, you know I remember but, years ago on an email loop, there was a mom who just got a lot of respect. She had all the answers. Right. And people were asking her questions about our state law. It was a statewide group. Yeah. And I was concerned because the things she was saying about the law were not true. And so I contacted her you know, outside the group, yeah. and I said, yeah. concerned about what you said. Because our law actually says this. And she said, oh, I didn't know my oldest child was three, and I've never had to comply with the law. Whoa. Because yeah. people have been taking her advice about all kinds of things. And so, so online, you can't really see other people's kids. You know, if, you, if you're taking parenting advice, you can't see what kind of kids have they got, what kind of relationship do they have with them. Yeah. And so there's a lot to be said for knowing people face-to-face, in IRL, in real life. Yeah, I think that's a really important. And it was was easier to do that um, when we were just starting out because the great explosion of information online hadn't happened yet. And frankly, if you wanted information, you you got most of it. Most of it you got face-to-face. I mean, there there wasn't this world of information available like it is now. But also, Hal, that's kind of a problem today. Because people have information overload, there's information everywhere, mm-hmm. and they don't feel the need to connect so much face to face, but they still need to. Yeah, because yeah. the need to get that information drove us out of our homes. You know, when, and it's it's hard when you got little kids. Yeah, take you two hours to get anywhere. You yeah. got to get everybody's shoes on. Mm-hmm. Baby needs to nurse, and the baby needs a new diaper after they nurse. Yeah, and then some child's gonna gotten a snack and gotten food on them, and yeah. you got to change their clothes. Right. And so it took a lot to get us out. And it's important and, to have people that understood what you were dealing with. Well, and it, it still so, is because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're sitting at an event together and your kids are acting like maniacs and you're so embarrassed, you know, so everybody else's kids are acting like maniacs too. Yeah. And you say, boy, this has been a rough week. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, you yeah, had a rough week to me too. I bet it's because it's rained all week and we haven't been able to get outside and play. And you say, oh, Oh, it's yeah, not me. I'm yeah. not a failure as parent. Perspective. So you need outside perspective sometimes just to help you get your eyes out of your own trench. And you need people that you know IRL mm-hmm. so that you learn, so that there's a level of trust. Yeah. So that you know somebody well enough, you can share prayer requests. Right. You can share your concerns. And and honestly, mm-hmm. if you've got the flu, the internet's not going to bring you a meal. They're not, yeah, the internet's not going to come by and pick your kids up and take them to band practice. Because or, you've got all day morning whatever. sickness, you know? Right. And so, yeah, get get mm-hmm. support online, but also get support offline. Yeah. That, that's something that I'm glad that we did. Yeah, I, I'm very thankful for that. And we really encourage people to do that now. And, you know, I've um, been thankful for our state organization and for HSLDA, too. And, and they have a different mission. Um you know the state organizations are the ones that really keep an eye on the on the legal situation, and they're the ones who are are there to defend our our liberty to homeschool without yeah, undue in, interference in our state in our own personal. They states. also sponsor a homeschool conference every spring that is yes. one of the very 
best thing you've ever done is go to homeschool conference. Awesomeness. Yes, yeah. we love them. But so, HSLDA is good because mm -hmm. you've got, if you have a legal question, you can pick up phone call. Mm -hmm. If you ever have a legal problem, you can call them and you've got a lawyer to represent you without having to worry about it. And, you know, we've never ended up in court over anything. We, we've we've never had any but, problems, but, any legal problems. I've known people who did and we have been able to call them with confidence when we had a question we were concerned about something to say hey yeah. you know how is this going to be interpreted how is this is supposed to be managed and they and they can give us a lawyer's perspective on it yeah. but it's you know it, it's you have that confidence and that's yeah we're we're, we're fans of that we're fans of the uh, homeschool legal defense association which is hslda.org if you yeah. are and interested you can find your state homeschool organization mm -hmm. by just typing the name of your state yes homeschool and it's usually one of the top one of the top um mm -hmm. results when you, on your search engine and so mm -hmm. yeah find your state organization go to a conference folks i mean honestly it is so awesome to get that encouragement to hear other hear other people's advice to meet all these friends you haven't met yet, it's really cool. You, you know what? I, I thought of an, an analogy on that. You know, we can we can run our, our Spotify account. We've got our, our downloads. We've got our, our uh, CDs in the car or whatever else. But don't we still make time to go to live concerts when we have an opportunity? I mean, don't yeah, we consider, so say, say, you know what? The studio recording is so tight and it's so much cleaner. And I can listen to it whenever I want to. But still, there's something about going to the the live event that that's different and that's that's that very much so what true, very much what a home you know because you say i've read all this guy's books i know what he's thinking about i trust him already but to actually be there and hear him and maybe even ask questions oh, i love talking to people after we speak at homeschool conferences. Oh, it's all awesome yeah you know, so answering the questions talking to them it's one of the favorite things my favorite things to do uh, you know how we need yeah. to stop for just a second and yes. give a moment to our sponsor Right. Who is so graciously sponsoring our podcast this week. Yes. And when we come back, we have several more things we'd like to share with you. And uh, we want to encourage you to really think about if maybe if you haven't tried some of these things. So we'll, uh, we'll talk with you on the other side and uh, see you in our next segment. Okay. Reading the Bible can encourage a person in their relationship with the Lord as much as any other spiritual discipline. The Christian Standard Bible is an English translation that strives to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity. The CSB maintains accuracy while remaining easy to read. It is a translation that pastors can feel confident preaching from and the person in the pew can feel comfortable reading from in their own devotional time. The Word of God is living and effective, transforming the hearts of people, and our hope is that CSB is useful in more people being encouraged to read the Bible and share it with others. Learn more at csbible.com. Okay, well, we want to welcome everybody back. This is Making Biblical Family Life Practical. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we are responding to one of our readers or listeners or friends out there in the great wide world who said, I've heard so many things about regrets that oh, I wish I'd done something differently. 
can you give me some encouragement and tell me something that you did that you think, yeah, that was a good decision. I'm glad we did it. Um, you know, picking up kind of where we left off, one of the things that, that has been really important to me and even has become more important as, as we've grown in our family life and our maturity is finding mentors. Yeah, getting to know, being friends with people who are in the next stage, uh-huh. or at least at least a few years ahead of us. You know, I think about our friends at Smiths down Louisiana. I've yes. loved mm-hmm. talking to them about this stage of life of having young adults mm-hmm. who are falling in love and getting married and all the travails going yeah. on with that. And yeah. It's great to have people that are in, that have been in the stage a few years longer than we have. You know, and... And that's true no matter what stage you're in. There's always somebody a little farther down the road that you can say, hey, what do I need to know for this next step? I remember you know? when um, our oldest was a preschooler we had these friends that had, oh, I don't remember how many boys they had at the time, four or five. That I think they ended up with eight boys. I, be I wrong. think they had at least eight boys. But they had a handful of boys. Yes. I had no idea we were going to have six boys in a row. Yeah. yeah. But I was, it was so awesome to me to talk to her and find out just what's normal. Uh-huh. What does life look like with a bunch of boys? Mm-hmm. What are some good books I could recommend? She recommended yeah. some books that our kids still love. Yeah. And, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that those kind of things, those are really important. And, again, that that's one of the arguments for being involved in a local support group because that's where you find like-minded people who have a little more experience than you do. You may have that in your local church, but I know all the places we've lived, typically – the church did not have a great high population of homeschoolers. That was yeah. that was the local support group brought in three or four families from each of the churches in the neighborhood, and then you had a critical mass. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that um, when we started homeschooling, we we took a pretty flexible approach. I know there were there were packaged curricula. You know, that it was like the whole school in a box kind of program. <laughs> always been more comfortable picking and choosing mm-hmm. what seemed right with with different children at different times and that was kind of a surprise to me you know when we started out i thought everybody i would buy the first grade stuff and all yeah. every child would use that but yeah. you know kids are not cookie cutter even in, even in your family they're not clones are they and some some curriculum that worked with some kids didn't with others mm-hmm. but yeah i'm glad that we didn't tie ourselves to one kind of class or co-op or one kind of curriculum because We've had a wide range of needs in our family. You know, we had one one son who was severely dyslexic, another mm-hmm. who was severely dys- dysgraphic. Right. You know, gifted kids that needed that needed extra attention, and it just, I think, that's one of the huge benefits of homeschooling is the ability to tailor what you teach and the way you teach to each individual child. Yes, and and you know we've we've. You know, we've talked with people who are really trying to trying to follow in the footsteps of a friend that they trust, and you realize, you know, the family you're following is very different than the family that you are. You know, yeah. that they're, you know, they are they are very bookish. Your family is very active, or maybe they're very extroverted. Your family is very shy, or you know, there's there's serious things that do make a difference. There's not a right or wrong way. That's the one of the important things that we learn. There's, yeah. you know, it's what works in your family with your kids and your teaching style, you know, and, and you know what, there's seasons in life too, because I think about That's times so that we, times that we have struggled, like when, 
we had a we had a child born with a congenital birth defect, and she I was, was in the hospital with oh, weeks. And, and then you got cancer not long a, after that, and, and we were over at the hospital doing chemo. And and you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm very fond of the Charlotte Mason approach. Yeah, but we have borrowed ideas from a bunch of different approaches during the course of our homeschooling. You know, sometimes you know we sometimes we've needed to unschool while everybody was stressed out and traumatized over something that was going on. Or, yep. you know, sometimes we've needed to, uh, a traditional textbook approach has worked well for kids in high school mm-hmm. for different subjects. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you need to be flexible and you need to be open to saying, you know, this, this, although I love this curriculum, it's not working for this season. Right. And we may get back to that, but maybe I need something different for this season. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't nobody's grading you on your curriculum on your curricula purity. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you this, one thing that we have we noticed time and time again is um when you're talking elementary grades or up through middle school, nobody cares. I mean yeah. nobody ever asks. They never ask, Did you finish every exercise or did you skip around when they were in fourth nobody grade? Nobody cares that they did science nobody in cares. third grade. I mean honestly. Nobody cares. Now when you get to high school it becomes a little more, you know, yeah. you, you have to document more things. But the, the lower grades, the junior high and, and lower stuff, you know, I, I'd say you, you can relax. Just find yeah. things that work and, and enjoy it. You know, one thing that anybody that walked into our house would look around and say, well, I, I like your decor. It's early um, hardback. Early library. <laughs> early early library. Um, yeah, our house is pretty rough full of books. We have a book problem. We have too many books. We have stacks of books that on is, every horizontal. crazy talk. There is no such thing as too many books. There's well, you know, nothing. it's interesting. I read some research recently, Hal, that yeah. really was fascinating to me. Uh-huh. The number of books in the house says more about your literacy than how many years you went to school. For example, mm-hmm. this research showed that someone who has an eighth grade education grew up in a house filled with books is has about the same literacy as a college graduate who grew up in a house in a home without books well i'll tell you what we we wow um, well it, we um we made a decision in fact we, we had a conversation i remember we talked about this one of the places we lived was a small town in another part of this state several years ago and the local library um was in the process of culling the children's department and any of the older books that hadn't been checked out recently they were discarding them. They oh, were putting them in the used book sale because they, they got rid of so many great. You know, books. the kids were looking for more colorful things with current celebrities and sports biographies and stuff, and they just weren't. They weren't keeping good classic children's books. They were just putting them out for sale. And I looked at Melanie at the time. And I said, "You know what? We could have the best children's library in this county, and I give you permission to let's go build it." We did, and, and we did. <laughs> and so we we scooped up all of these books. Golly, we and we got we got a fantastic collection of books, and we just bought them, you know, a few at a time. We used book sales and rummage sales, sales and yard sales, library sales, and all the rest of that. And you know what? Our mm-hmm. our adult kids mm-hmm. love those books, and yep. they've been building up their own libraries. Yeah, you know, I remember one of them said, "Mom, can you find me the author for this book that I loved when I was a kid?" And it took me forever to find that book. Probably two years. I don't know. It had been shelved. You know kind of remote place but i finally found it and he was so excited he ordered it that day mm-hmm. well you know, there's a there's a proverb that says in all of your getting get wisdom and you know i think that yeah. i think that's an investment in the future buying quality books even if they're used even if they're worn 
but get lots that, of good books. That's a good segue, Hal, to something that I think I am the most glad about. What's that? I am really glad that we made discipling our kids the f- most important thing in our homeschool. And, you know, we always intended to do that, but I didn't really connect it up that the homeschooling was so, so interwoven with it. Well, you know, homeschooling won't save your kids. No, you it know, doesn't. Only it Christ doesn't. saves your kids, all right? Yeah. But. Yeah, your phonics program is not going to send them to perdition or to paradise, but. But homeschooling redeems a ton of time. And the critical thing about that mm-hmm. is research has shown that that the biggest influence, the the biggest Mm -hmm. commonality that people who were raised in Christian homes who are still working with Christ as adults Mm -hmm. have is that they had a good relationship with a Christian mother or a Christian father. And and so much of that relationship is built on time. Well, it it takes time to build a relationship with kids. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard when they're gone all day and they've got a ton of homework, and you only have a little bit of time to spend with them, and you're exhausted from working all day, and it's just hard. And homeschooling well, <clears throat> means that you, you you get back into the family sphere of influence right. a lot of hours each week. Well, and, and here's another thing, too. and this is, Take this as, a, as an encouragement out there, folks. Um, we realize that if you, if you have some minor relationship stress going on, there's some relief if you think you can put your child out by the curb and the big yellow truck picks them up and they're out of your hair for a few hours. Let somebody else deal with the problem. But that means you're not getting the problem dealt with. And it, it when when your kids are at home and with you. And you're substituting peer influence. Yeah. Or the family influence. It's, and it's very easy to slip into that. But but when your kids are at home, you realize really quickly, if, it, if you don't deal with it, it doesn't get dealt with at all. You have to deal that, with it. Nobody else is going to step in and take care of your responsibility there. So, and, you know, it just it gives you the time that you need mm-hmm. to read to them, to hold them when they're sad, to talk to them about the crazy dreams they're having. Yeah. You know, when, they, when your son comes in all excited about wanting to build a rocket or something, you can sit and talk to him and listen to him. It just, it, it gives you that time back in. Yeah, Hal, I think that's the thing I'm the most grateful for is what it has meant to our family. In discipleship, and also in family relationships that I think are a part of discipleship, you know, our adult kids are each other's best friends. And they have lots of other friends, too. Our kids are super right, socially right, right, active. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they help each other. They take mm-hmm. care of each other. So It's not at all unusual for one of our grown kids to call and say, Mom, could you transfer some money from my account to my brother's account? He's having a tough time. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're looking out for each other. And those, the closest that they have as siblings, the closest, closest that we have with them, and how the Lord has used those relationships in their spiritual life, I think that's the thing I'm the most grateful for. I, I am. I am too. You know, when, it's, when the scriptures say that we're to, we're to speak of the word of God when we rise up and when we down, when we sit together at the table and we walk in the way. I mean, that that is so much easier to do when you're spending all day long. When you are sitting up and rising, rising up and lying down and walking the way together because you're together. Yeah. You know, and they get to see us struggle with our own doubts and our fears and our stresses and 
our joys and the rest of that because we're all together so much. And that's that's yeah. an important thing because, you know, how did Jesus train disciples? You know, he didn't pick out a, a nifty curriculum with, with workbooks. I mean, and a he, quiz on Friday. <laughs> uh, but he he brought them up close and lived with them and talked to them about yeah. it and said, now this is, don't you understand this is what the scriptures mean here? This is how you apply this in your life. And and that's what we're able to do when we have taken on the the academic stuff, the the math, the algebra, the the phonics instruction, all that all that schoolish stuff is really regaining all of that extra time for us to spend building into the lives and even into the spiritual lives of the children God gives and us. And so many of the conversations we have with the kids come up during school time in the midst of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're reading a book, we're discussing something in history and somebody has a question mm-hmm. and we start talking, we have real time. Or maybe maybe they're showing up, we're not getting much schoolwork done, Hal, but I'm having time to build into their character. Yeah. You know, some of those character building days when you didn't get as much schoolwork done as you planned, mm-hmm. I think those are some of the most important parenting days of all. We ought to talk about that another time. Yeah, we ought to. A, because, because that's, that's, that's a, that was an important insight, and it, it relieves some of the natural frustration. You feel like, we had a wasted day here. No, you didn't. You were working on God's curriculum that isn't, isn't in your lesson plan, but and it's And I'll important. tell you what, Hal. God's curriculum is often different than ours. Yeah, but and it's always right. It's, and always, it's always right, yeah. It's timing. The, I think yeah. the important thing is to, is that we would do it again. We've been homeschooling 25 years, yeah. and four of our kids have graduated. We're about to graduate the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been successful in life. They've done well. Yeah. Most importantly, they love the Lord, and I'm grateful we've had this time with them. I'm grateful that we've homeschooled. That was, that was the first decision. I don't feel that me. way every day, y'all. <laughs> you don't always feel feel it but you know it no uh, yeah you know in the middle yeah. of math sometimes i'm not feeling it either <laughs> but that's okay but that's okay because it's true uh, whether you feel it or not it's yeah true. it is well look i hope that was encouraging you know that's we, it was good to just think through some of these things it's good to reflect and say you know this has been good I, i've enjoyed the journey and i'm looking forward to the next few years of it okay. and so uh well, y'all please visit our sponsor yes thank them for um doing this and mm-hmm. like and subscribe oh gosh yes and you know what you can subscribe on our youtube channel you know youtube slash raising real men or you can find us on itunes for the podcast iHeartRadio. you can get us on the android app i mean goodness gracious we're all over the place and we would love to see you as a regular listener a regular viewer so, okay take care y'all okay look until next time i'm hal and i'm Melanie. thanks for joining us okay bye y'all bye-bye You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life 